Hey folks, in this episode of the podcast, I get to sit down with Elia Locardi. We're gonna be talking about the future of NFT. This is Twitter. Hey, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, I'm sitting down with a friend of mine, Mr. Elia Locardi. Elia is working on a bunch of things, but one of them uh, is near and dear to my heart and my current curiosity, um, and that's NFT. And what is that, right? We all kind of know what it is now. I mean, we've been asking that question for the better part of a year, but there's questions around it, you know, both why would I want to do it? How do I do it? How do I not get, you know, taken while I'm doing it? Where are the bad neighborhoods with this crypto stuff? All of it, you know, and who, sh you know, there, there's a million communities out there. Which community should I be engaging with? Which one should I be avoiding? You don't want to get in trouble tax wise. All these questions pop up when you're, when you start talking about NFT. And what that does is it leads it leads people, myself included, to put pump the brakes a little and like, okay, I know I know enough to know that I don't know what's going on, so I'm gonna hold off for a minute before I dive in. Elia is in it a hundred percent and building some things that hopefully will mitigate a lot of the concerns that I just articulated. Elia, welcome to the show, man. How's it going? Hey. It's always good to be here. We should have just recorded the green room as usual. I mean, I know our like, green rooms are gold. I'm going to start doing how, that secretly. How, it's like, it's like beyond outtake, you know, like yeah. all the best stuff happens. We never actually talk about what the show is about. It's like a completely different thing. I know. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. our green room, stuff. we were talking about everything from, from William Shatner going up on uh, Jeff Bezos's rocket all the way through to you know, like cats and kids, right? So. Yeah. The kittens in the office and everything. <laughs> yeah. Parenting. <laughs> It's all, it's all like inter intertwined, right? Like it, it all kind of, it relates to our lives. And, and that's kind of the thing that, that has fascinated me about NFTs now. And I started looking at this last year, like around November, uh, people just kept asking me like, what do you think about NFTs? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, if some friends are like, oh, it's crypto kitties, it's just a bunch of crap. Like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, all right, you know, that just sound a little silly crypto, crypto kitties, you know? So I looked into that stuff and I started to notice that it was, it was growing. And by February, March and April, we were seeing articles everywhere saying WTF is a NFT. You know, like it really was at mm -hmm. that point where like, what is this, even though it's been around for years, uh, and there have been artists using the platform for years. And I think now we don't, we all know what it is. Uh, it's a non-fungible token. Like we see that everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but it's more now after looking at it for almost a year solid and really studying it and, and sort of waiting to see how I can, I can help guide it or, or at least help shape a, a path for all of us to move forward is what it's not. Um, and, and right now, aside from being a barrier of entry for, you know, people just regular people who don't know what it is and, and what the value is, it's not, it doesn't seem to me like it's a long-term solution for the art world. Right now, it's it's a lot of immediate sales. It's a lot of ideas. But what seems to happen is in the beginning, there's a lot of excitement. There are a lot of cool things. CryptoPunks was so successful that there's this big circle of creation that kind of emulates, that's just kind of emulating projects. And when we get into really new technology fields and, and new avenues, it can be hard because there's literally no real roadmap. We can either emulate or we can analyze and start to come up with things that are different. But since this has such a capacity to make these huge numbers of sales, millions of dollars within minutes, people are kind of looking for that as the reason to create art. So that that's what it should not be. And yeah. art shouldn't be that just to make money. So we're looking, we're looking for a way for photographers to get into this, um, but also for the photography industry to be elevated, to change, to maybe reform around a new community because well, the current ones haven't really worked for us that well in the long term, Facebook right. and Instagram and everything. This yeah. could be a way where we have a, a vehicle to display and sell our work, um, share about our work, but also elevate each other, you know, ra rather than just having a few people be popular in this because they've navigated the metaverse. Why not build things that actually help people that are meaningful? And most importantly, we're not, or we need to be, I'm not saying we're not because a lot of people that I know are, we need to start thinking about the long term. Is this mm -hmm. sustainable? Will it matter later? And I think as an artist, that's really the key. And that's why you've been sitting and looking at it and waiting. I haven't released a single NFT yet because 
I'm, I'm, there's no fear of missing out. Um, it, it's more just waiting to see how it's going to connect with everything else that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And how can you contribute to the conversation versus being, hey, yet another passenger on a cruise ship? You know, how do you how do you do something unique while also being responsible about it? Because I know you and I briefly touched on the the aspect of just social, you know, or environmental responsibility or social responsibility when it comes to these things. That's a whole nother category that when I when and I want to throw it at you, because when I have conversations with people that are either that are bullish, let's say, there's a crowd of people that are, that are, you know, I don't want to say irrationally exuberant, but are bullish about NFTs. If you bring up negative things about it, it gets, okay, well, yeah, but uh, yeah, minting an NFT may cost this much of a carbon footprint, but look at this other stuff that you're doing with your gas powered car and your lawnmower and all this stuff. So let's set the stage there first for the people that are watching this and they're maybe concerned about the environmental impact of this whole crypto wave and NFTs and all that. Where does Elia Locardi sit on that, on that, you know, kind of fence, I guess? Well, it's kind of easy to get wrapped up in the hypocrisy side, like you said. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I, I, I'm not going to say that I'm like huge into or bullish on crypto. I, I have, I, I hold crypto. I've been been doing that since 2016, 2017, just trying to learn more about it. Um, for me, mostly it comes down to not just the blockchain, uh, but Web three and and the way that that information is going to be shared, the way assets are going to be shared. Um, you know, the way that ownership is going to be divided instead of centralized. These things to me are a future that we're moving into no matter what. So yes, mining, you know, farms of mining machines, of course that's bad for the environment. Mm -hmm. we, we, we do fracking in the United States, that's horrible for the environment. So we can always find a parallel, like this is worse. And Elon Musk says, I can't do this because we're this, but yeah, the batteries you make, dude, like they're depleting whatever natural resource. <laughs> we can right. argue that all day, but we, yeah. we can't argue the fact that this is happening whether we like it or not. And it's just like anything else that we do. Like at, at my house, we recycle everything. You know, I, I wash the plastic jar of peanut butter. You know, you've done that. It's freaking hard. It'd be easier just to throw it away. But I don't know if they're actually recycling things here in Florida, but I'm trying. Yeah. Same thing with sustainability and travel and, and everything else. And I think the easiest way to do it right now, and there's a lot of great companies, uh, we're using one of them uh, with the company I'm working with called Area, is carbon offsetting. Um, and, and we're making sure that, that everything that we mint and, and everything that goes on the exchange or, what, or anything like that is going to be at least uh, a solid carbon offset. And that's just the start. But what we're, we're building in the future, and we'll start talking about this in the travel industry, before COVID, I was I was very heavily working in the um, I called it uh, you know destructive tourism, but it, it's basically over tourism, right? You, you, you imagine Venice, and then you've been there with the people on the cruise ships, and it's not sustainable. It's destroying the ecosystem. It's making it not fun for the the uh, people visiting and the locals, and you know foreign companies are buying all the gift shops and the cruise ships on. It's a very you know it's not a sustainable system. So the pandemic kind of put a hard pause on that. Uh, and has given Venice specifically some time to kind of get back into it slowly. Other places have built their infrastructure to do, do this. A lot of the companies that owned multiple blocks or, or, or areas of cities had to sell because nobody was going to their Airbnb. So we have a chance to do this. And, and in this industry too, and, and what we're trying to do is as we build this, obviously the easiest thing before Saturday's drop is to do the carbon offset. We can definitely do that. But as we start to incorporate digital assets and real world experiences and, and things like that, what we plan to offer, no matter if it's, it's partnering with a hotel chain or just an individual, is ways to mitigate the impact we're having on overcrowding, over tourism, or damaging. We're gonna try to employ basically all of the things that I've been trying to do over the last 15 years to help make the places we work in or provide assets in uh, better. And that starts with us is this this idea of area and uh this drop that we're going to talk about well let's talk about we're that because yeah i want to i want to yeah. dive into that because the uh you know the the you sent me a message earlier i think it was earlier this week or last week um kind of and you sent me this leak link about this and i kind of click on it and i'm looking at it and i'm like okay this <laughs> 
This is pretty awesome. So start from the top, like for, you know, tell us what this project is that you're working on, what it's named, why it's named, what it's named. And, you know, the elevator pitch, you and I are stuck in an elevator and we got to get to the 20th floor. You got to explain this because you need me to write a check for four million. What what does this look like? It, well, the elevator pitch. Yeah. Right, I'm going to keep it in, in, a, in a couple. Um, OK, so the idea of area, <laughs> it could be longer than an elevator. Pitch, no, 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 I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the elevator pitch and then I'm going to explain. So yeah. the idea of area is we need to take care of our earth because we love it. And there are so many beautiful locations around the world that it, it starts with becoming sort of creating a sense of stewardship for it. So what we're doing with this initial drop and so one time drop, we're going to be providing 4,000 packs of 10 areas that are actually hex coded that are, are chunks of the map randomly allocated that allow you to own a piece of the planet as an NFT, that layer will be built upon and there will be more things that will either exist in that ecosystem or that area or things that it can merge next to. And we also will always find a way to give back to the people who are taking care of these pieces of the planet. Mm -hmm. That's the elevator yeah. pitch, but there's so like component number one. So let's, let's, we're going to dive into that. Cause there's, you know, I have questions. Um, the, when you when you say this drop and this drop it's happening this saturday right we're saturday we, at 10 a.m yeah saturday 10 a.m uh as we record this is october it's wednesday october 13th 2021 this thing's gonna drop saturday the 16th at 10 a.m eastern i'm guessing right yeah which means you're gonna have to get this out pretty soon yes hint, hint. so <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this this will drop pretty soon. So look, give us for the people that are listening to this. Remember, the the audience is me, right? And or me with varying varying degrees of less experience and more experience. But I'm kind of in the middle there. Um, if they're like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but what the what is a what's a drop? I know what an NFT is. I haven't minted one. This thing is. You say it's going to drop. What is that a good thing or a bad thing? What's a drop? <laughs> so. What everybody tries to do, and it's it's very the metaverse is very guilty about finding different ways to describe things you don't understand. You know, so it's yeah. like, what the heck is he talking about? You know, WTF is an NFT. <laughs> it's basically the initial drop is when things go for sale, and in that sense, that's when this is going to be minted, um, and that's when this one-time release of these four thousand packs of assets are going to become available until they sell out, and then we're never going to be doing this again. They exist. They can be traded, um, but we're never going to divide this up again. And what this does is it creates what we call the meta layer. So this is the foundation of what a lot of the other things in area are going to be built upon as we release, release it. And it's different than a lot of the other things because when I learned about this project, I immediately looked for parallels like Earth 2 and things like that. And, and nothing mm -hmm. was the same. And what other people are doing, and there's a couple of cool projects, but it's like, we want to create a VR universe where you can own real estate and build on it in this, you know, VR world. Um, you know, and that's cool, but that's not what we're trying to do. What, what we're trying to do is is build a meta layer in the real world and find ways to to interlace this layer and and this digital part of our lives with our our real lives in a meaningful way. And yeah. it kind of starts with this. This is the this is the first drop. This is the first. Uh, offering that we have of geolocated assets that will become mm -hmm. a big part of building the next layers, we can call them. I've used what Photoshop, you know, layers. Yeah, and it sounds like it sounds like um, you know, there's there's a obviously a direct analog to analog or real estate, right? Traditional real estate where it's finite, you know, there's only so much earth to go around. And if you buy a piece of it, it has intrinsic value because it is rare right there's it's one of a kind how does that translate over into the area world where if you're selling let's call it plots or parcels on a finite planet and then someone else says well okay i'm gonna build something that's kind of like area and we're also gonna sell the planet and then another one says we're also gonna sell the planet is that so diff i know you've you've probably gotten this question before so how does that work in terms of exclusivity if i own manhattan can 50 other people also buy versions of manhattan how does that work yeah you could create you could create something similar it's just not at the same scale so a lot, a lot mm -hmm. of this the success on this in the longevity really has to do with what we do next with it 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the author of our contracts is, um, he's actually the creator of, of ERC 721. Um, so it, it's, it's really quite well coded on the blockchain. But what we also plan on doing is is sort of building on this as a foundation. So the the ownership or the pride of ownership as a collectible or however you want to you know kind of treat it is one layer. But then other things we build on top of that. And I'll, I'll get to it. But we have an explorers guild. We have mm-hmm. you know real world and digital assets that you can find and collect and different things like that. Everything that we do is always going to tie back to this idea of plus codes. Plus codes are a way of basically um, geotagging a location. So you can look up the plus codes. So this is the way that our earth is, is divided is actually perfectly even into these plus codes. Um, and everything we do is going to tie back to that. So let's say you do own Manhattan, right? And then we're, we're building a project with a, a New York-based photographer, and, and he's doing like a 200-image series. Well, those images are going to be geotagged. And if they're geotagged, then you're always going to get something back. And we're working out the percentages now, but the holders of this land or these areas are, are always going to receive benefits from things being created in their areas, yeah. which is pretty in cool. That world. And that's in that, well, sure, in that world, but it's all yeah. real life assets and digital assets. We're not asking people to log in or, or jack in or whatever we say to that. You know, we're talking yeah. about Snow Crash. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really an interface between you know, what we're actually doing and, and, and what we're creating. So it's a foundation layer and it's, it's a cool way to start uh, with, with geocoded locations because it's, it's kind of like it's somebody who's been traveling for the last 15 years and you know, loving all these places in the planet. Like I'm, I'm part of the company, so I'm not allowed to buy any, right? And I'm like super jealous because the other thing that makes this kind of unique is when you buy one of these 4,000 packs on Saturday, you get 10 plus codes, so 10 pieces, 10 mm-hmm. areas random so nobody knows what they're going to get so you could oh get so i can't New choose York. manhattan I you can't... can't choose any of this it's a random division oh, of the I planet love that oh. but what we've done is we've withheld areas that are just ocean you know so that layer between the arctic and, and south america and everything um yeah. for later development and also to prevent somebody from getting like buying like 10 packs and like getting all ocean they were like yeah. okay Coolest thing I have is the Mariana Trench. Yay. You know yeah. what I mean? So or or we, a bunch of Antarctica to... with nothing right. on it. <laughs> and we have Antarctica. You know, we have yeah. things like that. So you, you never really know what you're going to get or what piece of what you're going to get. So that mm-hmm. that's where it becomes sort of highly tra- uh, tradable because people, you know, want their hometown. They want places that they love. You know, every, everybody wants like Paris and stuff like that too. But yeah, you never know. You don't know what you're going to get until you purchase. So and it's, a, it's almost like a, it's stuff. going to be like a slot machine kind of, right? Where you're, you're going yeah. in, you put your money in and Hey, I got Paris <laughs> you know? or, or I got, you know, Tulum or something like that. Right. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And that, that's kind of cool because after that point on the, uh, on the exchange too, you can trade. Um, mm-hmm. and you can, you can collect the areas that you want. And we have a nice interface that, that, that comes up and it's, it's a really pretty process, uh, when you get to know these areas and we're hoping that it instills sort of a, a sense of, of pride. And, and like I said, stewardship, you know, people really mm-hmm. want these areas because they care about it. And then when we start building really good sustainable initiatives and working with, uh, different causes and everything in those areas, we hope that this network of people becomes as involved as possible. So mm-hmm. the, the other, the other hope is, you know, we have ways to, to limit the spam purchases and everything. So that one big person doesn't come and buy like all of these things. Like we, we want as many people to join in this as possible because we want this foundation and community to help us contribute to what's next. Yeah. So you're mit- you're mitigating world domination, right? We're trying to, and yeah, there's no landlords. I mean, you don't have to be involved or actively involved in the things in Manhattan if you have Manhattan, but we encourage you to do it. You know, yeah. we, uh, we encourage people to pitch their ideas in the future. We want to fund different ideas that build on this technology too. If I, if I own Manhattan and, and, and I hope you can screen share and take us through what, what some of this stuff looks like. I will. In a second. Um, but if I own Manhattan, other than, See, I have questions. So other other than trading rights, like, I, okay, I own Manhattan and I can sell it for X, whatever, you know, or trade it to someone for something else. Other than that, that mechanism, what does that give me? Once all this is said and done and all 4,000 plots are gone, um, does that mean there's an instant society that's built inside of this earth where, oh, now there's suddenly a person that owns San Francisco who has much more 
you know, let's call it cachet than a person who owns Tracy, California, where I am. Right. So, you know, is, is that like you're, you're instantly minting a hierarchy of authority because if overnight I own Dallas, Texas, then I'm somebody versus the guy next to me that overnight owns, you know, a different city that's not as as valuable, let's say, as Dallas. Right. There, there is the mentality of that, but it, it could have a higher value in, in trade at that yeah. point. Like, you know, maybe it's hard to you, for you to trade your town for uh, San Francisco, but yeah. it doesn't mean that every other place doesn't have value. And, and yeah. I think that's yeah. what we really hope that people start looking into it, like really, really diving into the satellite images that we have on it too, and, and, and finding out what's there, you know, what historical artifacts and one of the things that I, I want it to do is, is show people um, a little bit more about areas that they might not know about, you know, because yeah. that that's sort of the problem we've had in tourism is we have all the hot spots, the hot zones we can talk about, but there's all this beautiful stuff around there that we just undervalue because it, yeah. you know, maybe it's not the most beautiful photo or it wasn't on Condé Nast or whatever yeah. reason or, or it could be personal actually, to you, right? Could well, just yeah, be, it could be it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was well, born in Flint, are... Michigan. I wouldn't, I'd want Flint, Michigan. Not many people probably, I'm guessing, would want Flint, Michigan, right? So, I mean... <laughs> but I'd want it. So. <laughs> and it's, it's uh, it, it, and as far as the community thing, yeah. So people who hold areas will have access to a, a few of the, the community perks that we're going to have too. So yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and pull up the, the site because, yeah, again, while, this is while, just... While you're pulling that up, I'm curious. So if... You know, the one side of it is the training or the trading, you know, and or the cachet of ownership or just your personal reasons for ownership. But once I own a plot, let's call it let's call it Dallas. You know, if I own if I own a plot, I'm using I'm using plot. I'm not sure if that's the right terminology. Sure. The ones, we say area once, just because it's easy. OK. Yeah. Once I own an area on, on in the service. What else does that give me? Like, does that give me easement rights for that? You know, in the metaverse, <laughs> does that give me, can I sub parcel that out and sell pieces of that and microtransactions to other people? And, you know, and do I get a percentage of the, you know, you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> we have a few things that I can answer. Uh, okay. Does it give you credibility in the metaverse? Uh, I mean, Maybe, but this, but also keep in mind when I say uh, marketplace or exchange, like, yeah, you can, you can trade on the area website, but you can also take this like any other digital asset and put it on OpenSea if you want. You can, mm -hmm. you know, this is a, this is an NFT. It can be anywhere you want it to be. It can be in your ledger. It can be in your MetaMask. It can be on an exchange. So you mm -hmm. can, you can trade it any way that you want. And in obviously divisible. So we, we will be, uh, the next phase is to make that happen. Okay. Um, so you're asking the hard questions a lot. Fractionalize this, and, and I think we say it on the website too. But we're working on that part of the contract. We have to enable that part of the contract. But the way that we're treating it is, yeah. Let's say you fractionalize this. You you burn that area, and then it turns into this divisible amount that you can then break up. But you can never put them back together. Um, oh, so okay. there is something like that, yeah, where you can you can sort of fractionalize it. So we have we have some plan, plans for that to make it fun. Okay. Um, so yeah, let me just share the yeah. screen because what's, what's really funny is, you know, a few months ago when, um, the initial team approached me about this project, it was funny. Like I had a, a lot of those questions from so like, um, okay, so I have a piece, but what does that mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause mm -hmm. it, it, no matter how long I'm in this, uh, NFT universe and the metaverse in general, the, you know, the more I get confused on other things, you know, like I, I figured this out and then there's like a whole nother rabbit hole to go down that I'm like, whoa okay i need i need to stop here yeah so it, it it's kind of at it, its very base is, is owning the the locations of the planet we love you know and it's it could be anything that you love but the cool thing is is the way that this is divided into unique plus codes that actually border each other so this is this is basically what you'd see you know you'd see this little piece and we're showing just a couple as an example. Okay. And oh. to answer your questions, like the, the ultimate, you know, collectible, if mm -hmm. this becomes the standard network and, and yeah, you could, you could take a Google map and divide it up and make an NFT. You could take a cat photo and make it an NFT. You know, it's, it doesn't mean that this can't be done another way, but it, it kind of, it has to do with where we're going with this, you know, and since this is a one-time drop, there are not gonna be any future land sales. We're not gonna divide this up again. We're not gonna create another earth or an earth two. Like earth two is a virtual sort of marketplace. It's not earth two, this is our planet. This is something we care about. And it's, it's really key that we 
figure out a way to to integrate these things. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's really the foundation of this is how do we create a real interface between our digital and physical worlds? Mm-hmm. Not like going somewhere and posting to Instagram and getting likes. That That is not an interlacing of our world. That is that is logging into a network to get attention outside of the real world. So it's it hasn't really done that. You know, how do we layer these things together and, and be uh, meaningful? So what's really also cool about it is it does have built-in fractionalization. You know, we haven't announced exactly how that works yet, but yes, you'll be able to split yeah, it up later as, as sort of a future thing as, as divisible pieces of land. But it's kind of a cool term that, that, that we use in, in um, exchanges and marketplace called burning. Like, you know, imagine you have a, a token, which is basically what a uh, NFT is. If, if you're very curious, it's, it's basically just a token, just like anything else works like a piece of cryptocurrency. Um, you have to burn it. So upon burning or destroying this entity, then you get the other ones. It's kind of like if I give you a token for a free coffee and it has value, the only way you can cash it in is to burn it, destroy it. So you have to decide if that's something you're willing to do. Oh, um, yeah. So oh, where, this is, this is kind of neat. Um, and, and this is where uh, a lot of the projects that we're seeing now they're cool, but they're they're really layer one is you know divide this layer two is build the virtual world layer three is live in the virtual world and sell virtual real estate. That's not where we're going. You know we're we're wanting to tie into real world experiences for artists, for creators, for futurists, and just just people that want to see the evolution of this become sort of a modern day world, so to speak, real world. Uh, metaverse, we like to say metaverse, analog, digital, you know, whatever this is, we're, we're trying to build that future. And first thing is the the collectible, tradable, um, you know, ones that you take pride in pieces of the earth. But the next thing is to start thinking about the world in, in, in travel as if we have NFTs fully integrated. And, and this is a kind of a hard thing. This took me a few months to really understand where we wanted to go because some companies are starting to do this. For example, Hotel rooms are NFTs. Does that make sense? It does because they're non-fungible. There's only one. You know, it's kind of like a condo. Sure. Like a condo is. is a de facto NFT, right? Right. So some companies, some uh, hotel chains in Greece have actually made all of their rooms for next year NFTs. So a lot of experiences or tours or packages are having either digital and real world assets or they're becoming NFTs in themselves. And yeah. it's kind of like a, a really... Fun thing to watch because nobody knows exactly which direction it's going to go and they're kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks if it's cooked but this is this is sort Cold of the science. future right? <laughs> five or six years from now we're not even really going to think about it it's just going to be fully integrated and yeah. the last thing is artists and creators and and yeah. i think that what i've seen the most is exchanges and marketplaces foundation makers place obviously we have open there's so many of these things, uh, you know, popping up. And for every photographer that's successful, there are hundreds that aren't. It's mm-hmm. it's just like anything else right now. It's such a rush to get in there. And I think the question I get, people who are NFT enthusiasts and, and people that aren't, and especially in photography, is the question is, why is that selling for so much? And mm-hmm. why is this not? And yes. this is not a new problem in fine art, right? Because we've we've all gone gone to the MoMA or, or museums, and you're like, I just don't get it. You know, <laughs> it's a banana duct tape to a wall. I just don't get it. You know, that, it's a it's, white well, a white box with a red dot on it. Why is it three million dollars? <laughs> exactly. You know, profile photos are, are are huge right now. You know, Creature World, which I, I mean, I like a lot of them, but they they do have utility. But obviously, for photography, it's a little bit different. So what we want to do is create a, a community and 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 really a platform for photographers to grow. And I, I can get to that too. But yeah. it's it's really right now is just getting started buy a pack, own a piece of the earth, help us support and create these next things that we're creating. And, and that's kind of where we are now. Um, and the next phases, we have a really talented team. Uh, Will Entrican is actually the lead author of ERC 721. So it's kind of fun, you know, like when people are like, oh yeah, I wrote the book on that. No, no, no. Actually, I actually wrote what people are using to mint NFTs, you know, he's way smarter than me. Paul Neal's been to a hundred countries. He does these crazy expeditions to place, I mean, like the Titanic and all sorts of stuff like that too. So what we're really trying to do is, is, is build um, 
you know, that this, this whole connected world. So Saturday is our, our first drop. And then we're going to be announcing the Explorers Guild, which is going to be a, a community of like-minded people. We're going to offer real world uh, travel events and, and different things that, that they have access to. And right now the criteria to be part of this Explorers Guild is to, is to own an area, to have a piece of area. So it's going to be a reward system for people that, that help grow this uh, foundational community. Smart. And then later, obviously, if you it's something you want to get into, you can always purchase, you know, areas later, depending on that. And then the photography aspect is something that I'm sort of working on right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any images for it yet because we're waiting for this to, to uh, launch or drop, mm -hmm. or I don't want to say it, mm -hmm. uh, before I announce a uh, photography genesis drop. So there's another word that we're hearing. It's uh -oh. actually like the first drop, you know, it's their genesis collection is like their first collection. But what I'm doing is is putting together uh, a group of photographers, 100 to 200 photographers that are going to provide artwork for this and um, essentially help us sort of build this future where we're raising everybody up and uh, helping to curate these these new galleries and, and start to help to integrate the fine art world and the photography world into the NFT community and helping the NFT community sort of get into this because there's a, there's a big divide right now, not just in, in what we understand about NFTs and what we understand about art, but it's a complete communication breakdown. You know, mm -hmm. when we start talking about what this metaverse is and what fine art is and that, that, yeah. that's really, I, I've been waiting to, to work on that. Um, and I've, I've almost joined a couple companies this year, launching marketplaces and everything, but it was very, very rapidly from February to about April, I realized that, a marketplace is not the solution because man, Amazon's going to have NFTs, eBay, Coinbase just announced yesterday that they're going to have NFTs. You know, this is going to be so common. You can put them anywhere. So what does a marketplace yeah. do? You know, it, it gives you a place to sell things, but you can sell it anywhere. We need to create a community. And if this is going to thrive, the fine art community wants to integrate or, or have a relationship with the NFT community. We need to communicate with each other. And right. we have to have people that have experience in both that can, help and 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 elevate rather than just trying to take something and sell it for the maximum profit so right yeah it's part the gold, of this is the old gold rush right it's like okay rush, yeah. yeah oh they they this person made a gazillion dollars selling what i perceive as not something that's not very valuable i have lots of not very valuable things that i want to try maybe i should try that you know and, and on that like on that on that uh tangent of value when it comes to nfts and determining value can you can you help me or help us the listener slash viewer understand how just how this works because if you look at an nft and if someone someone of note with a big audience mints an nft they can drive up the price of that nft and i'm guessing depending on how they distribute it, whether it's an auction or some other method, but they can drive up the intrinsic value of that NFT, essentially minting money, right? By, by pointing their traffic over here, they got a gazillion followers, they make this thing and they point a gazillion followers at it, even if 0.1% or whatever convert on that, that thing now has value just from them sitting there at their phone, punching a bunch, bunch of virtual buttons, right? So, but then conversely, if John Doe on the other side, who is a fantastic, you know, forward thinking artist, mints an NFT, but has 12 followers, how do you reconcile that? Is, or in other words, are NFTs only for the people that already have or making money off of NFTs only for people that already have established audiences? Yes and no. <clears throat> I think it, it you can kind of parallel the the degrees of fame and influence uh, to sales. It kind of like looking at social media, right? Like we have we had social media 2011 through 14, 15, Google Plus, and then Instagram got on the scene now. And it is what it is. Like it was easy. I, I mean, starting 10 years ago, it was easy to build a profile on social media because it was new. Now yeah. it's hard. You know, that the signal to noise ratio is just way off balance. There's just a bunch of noise out there. But that also creates opportunity for quality to come through. So if, yeah, if you have, if, if you're a celebrity, it's pretty easy. You know, Elon Musk can honestly take a dump on a piece of paper and say this is an NFT and like everybody will 
buy it, you know, and then Dogecoin will go up, you know? Yeah. So you, you do have that happening, but, but that's not exclusive to this industry. It's just that it's a hot commodity right now. And when celebrities jump on board, it kind of opens up those floodgates for other people to kind of gravitate towards it. Sure. And, and honestly, we're seeing, um, you know, the, the, uh, Sotheby's and everything, these auctions for multi-million dollars for stuff that, and, and frankly, for artwork that wouldn't hold up anywhere else. And that's, mm -hmm. I think, what's it's becoming hard to quantify. Um, but in order to get into that, that, that's really, where is this community? Where are and who are the collectors? And do the collectors actually know what they're collecting when it comes to photography? Right. And that's hard because mm -hmm. that, that we're really leaning into people that may be really cool art collectors or they may have just bought Bitcoin in 2010 and they have so much money that they can collect whatever they want. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is hard um, because right now there is no sort of guiding light for it. And in the fine art photography industry, and this is my industry. So, you know, I can't, I can help with other art and I'm you know, pretty good at drawing parallels, but I'm not an expert with a lot of other things, but sure. with, with photography, there's been a big issue with fine art galleries, gatekeepers, all that stuff that we talk about. Um, a lot of the work that's hanging is questionable, but it's a reputation mm -hmm. that you kind of have to build, whether mm -hmm. that's good or bad, you know, whether that's your friend owns the gallery or your friends with somebody at Paris photo, that's great. It's networking, it's part of life, but it, it takes time to sort of build that profile using some of the social media, using your connections and everything to get sort of gallery space and get that, you know, reputation up. What's different about this is you can instantly just create an account on OpenSea and mint something. You know, yeah. and, and right now, so that's it. You know, that are you able to sell something, or is it going to get lost in the pile? And right mm -hmm. now, it's probably going to get lost in the pile, and that's that's a shame because we have very very talented artists that may not have a huge following, and that's that's been a problem with all the other social media that we've had too. But few people are doing really well, regardless of how good. And I know that's you know subjective. Um, and then we have people that are being left behind, and that's sad because. I think it's a little, it's difficult if you really care about your artwork and you put it somewhere and it just, it's an, you know, there's nothing there, you know, nobody buys anything. That's, that doesn't make you feel good, but you shouldn't judge yourself based on that because there's so many people doing this. So yeah. I think we have to kind of get back to the point where we have to establish ourselves a little bit and do a little bit more research, right? It's not just like this new thing, right? I'm just going to put my work on here and it's going to, it's going to be this amazing thing. And that's what a lot of people are trying it, to do. It, it's right. You, you were an artist for a little while. You, you've had some success in certain areas and that's really where you have to start leveraging that, you know, getting into the communities, understanding what's actually happening in the commerce side and the business side here too. So yeah. it's, it's, and it's different. It's, it's really, really tough because it seems like it's happening without you because it's happening yeah. so fast. It does. And it's like a, you know, this is a, uh, maybe maybe a parallel conversation, but the motivations that we talk about this on the show a lot, the motivations of a photographer and I boil it down to uh, why are you creating stuff? Why are you a photographer? If you're are you a photographer because you want to create something that's ultimately going to go up and go into a gallery and be sold like, you know, the stuff that you do or are you creating something purely for yourself? You couldn't give a crap if anybody looks at it. You know, it's for you. Or are you creating something for social acceptance? And these are three, you know, not not an exhaustive list, but those are three things, you know, and the social acceptance is I'm going to put this out there and I'll feel validated if I get more than 3000 likes on it. If I don't, right. then this piece was a failure. Right. So who with NFTs, I see it as like the next leg in that table in some ways where now instead of just someone clicking a like, you know, which costs them nothing and means next to nothing. Now there's a dollar value and real weight associated with that like quote, right? Is, am I off base there or am I kind of <clears> No, <throat> no, that's something that I, I touch on a lot in, in moments in time and the video mm -hmm. series and mm -hmm. a lot of conversations in the industry. And there are a lot of tangents to go on that. But what for me, what I've, I've come to the conclusion that photographers and artists do things for, there's just two reasons, actually. They either have an intention or they want attention and they don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? Yeah. You know, you should be getting attention for your intention in your artwork, but that's, mm -hmm. that's really the disparity we have. Uh, yeah. That's where social media has hurt our art. Um, you know, that's where um, certain things in this community are, are forcing people to compromise their sense of art, to try to sell something. Um, 
that's the that's the big fear I have for for this. You know, it's shiny right now. The people that succeed will keep doing it. The people that should have succeeded if they would have had a little bit more help or guidance will have to move on. You know, but yeah. then they'll feel like it's a missed opportunity. But I think that if you boil it down to that, um, I started creating photography. I didn't want to say like I don't want to be a famous photographer. I don't want to sell work. It's like yeah, of course you want to sell work. Like who doesn't want to sell stuff? It's not a bad thing. Right. You know, I'd love for this to sell. But I, I created the work because I, I, I wanted it, you know, fed my soul. I needed to do it. I needed to do it for my life, you know, mm-hmm. to create. And then I just found ways to try to be successful. Um, and social media, yeah. And I haven't posted. I posted Instagram for the first time in like six months the other day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, guys, I haven't really been back. Because it, it's, I've just gotten tired of it. And what this is what happens. This is the cycle, right? You have an amazing artist. And they finally get the attention that, that they deserve, we say that they deserve. And then what happens is they they start feeling like in order to keep this audience or to keep this attention, I need to keep producing art. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, it starts out pretty easy to do this. And then it gets harder and harder because you're trying to make better work or new work. And then you're getting likes and, and feedback based on this. And then you start to transform your work into what's just getting you likes. And a lot of photographers actually start to... Uh, create worse work because they're doing it based on the attention that they're getting rather than what they were creating initially. So that's yeah. compromised in the NFT thing. In the beginning of the year, everybody was creating motion art with their photos, which is not a bad thing, but that was what everybody thought like, Oh, they have to move. So I'm going to take my photos and make a move and sell it. I don't think many people were thinking that was like a genuine thing that they wanted to do, but they were, they were modifying their art to sell on a new platform. That's right. That's the wrong approach. If it's a hundred percent for that. Is there some medium where your creative vision and the intention for your work meets that space? Mm-hmm. Of course. But I think as artists, like we have to take it back to that. And, and if, if it is like, yeah, man, I just want to be a Instagram or a YouTuber and it's horrible in kindergarten classes when kids want to be now, you know, we, right. we want attention for something, <clears throat> but what do you want to do? Oh, I don't know. Well, you want attention for it. Yeah. Yeah. I just want a bunch of, I want a bunch of attention. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to be a YouTuber. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Oh, I'm not sure. You know, it doesn't actually have a, a root of intention. It's just what they want as far as attention. So that's what we're seeing in the NFT uh, community is the same thing when a new social media platform comes out. Yeah, it's, it's a gold right. rush. It's like we need to get as much real estate while this is still hot so that we end up at the top um, and, and don't end up at the bottom. And, and that will start to dissipate. But that is uh, intention versus attention. Intention versus attention. And inside of that attention, you could break that down into likes, hearts, plus oh, yeah. ones, or money, right? <laughs> right. But well, we just so, watched the, the Facebook congressional hearings and stuff like that, too. And man, like this, the, the, the science behind engagement. And they're fine. Like they, their study was that um, the reason they started rewarding creators with opportunities was it made them create more. You know, YouTube's entire model is just to keep you on YouTube. That's all they want. Every second you spend just trying to keep you there. And yeah. they reward you for that because you'll create more. So they spend money on creators. They know that creators are going to create more. It, it has nothing to do. Well, I'm sure there are good people that work there, too. But this is the society that we we birthed together now right this this society of attention again in this place that we made matter you know this is our metaverse right now right instagram facebook and can you talk about that a little bit Lia? just you know as we we put the landing gear down to come in for a landing here the metaverse right you mentioned neil stevenson's show crash we were talking about that book which we're both we've both read a couple times um which was kind of one of the seminal works around portending this whole idea of this virtual world that we go to from our dystopian real world, right? Um, And they called it, in the book, they called it the metaverse. Are you seeing, we're seeing Facebook move in that direction with, you know, who knows what Facebook will look like in 10 years, but uh, arguably some of it will be in VR. Are you seeing from your perspective, you know, a company like Area that's putting putting a virtual layer in place over the planet, is that going to manifest in AR or VR in some way? You know, like if I own Texas and I put on some of these rumored Apple VAR glasses, can't, will I walk around and see a sign that says, hey, this area is owned by Frederick Van Johnson? You know, that that kind of thing. Are we going to see the, it manifest in the in the virtual? Well, that's that's the hope, right? <clears throat> and we've seen Google has put together, I, I'm sorry, off the top of my head, I, I forget. They, they basically 
scanned and, and photographed every piece of artwork in every museum, you know, for uh, to have this this archive that you can visit and look at and understand and compare artists together from you know the past centuries. And then um, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm pretty sure I can talk about this. Sorry, sorry, smug bug and Flickr if I can't. Um, Flickr, for example, is is the largest holder of as far as amounts in total go of, of Creative Commons images in the world. Like they they have more like tens of millions photos. And there's uh, companies like the Department of Interior, the you know Defense NASA. I mean, they all use this. They they reference these. They upload to this, and we have this rolling archive of photos from decades ago and more and more. And every year, after the seventy five year, I believe it's the when something becomes public domain. Every year, we have images going into public domain. Where are all these images? They're actually on SmugMug server space, which is which is Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. you uh, you uh, Yahoo was going to slip this die and delete it. So can you imagine if, if SmugMug didn't buy this and the largest collection of historical photos just went Gone. like that? Yeah. So what they're doing and what they've done is they've created a nonprofit organization separate from Flickr and SmugMug that will take care of these images perpetually and be self and you know self-regulated and guided so that no matter what happens to these other companies, they're ensuring the legacy of this historical archive of photos for generations to come. That probably was the coolest thing that I heard besides the museum initiative that Google did, where it's like, we, we want to, in chronology, put these pieces together so people understand art, history of art, and preserve it for future generations. Mm -hmm. And what Smug Mug and Flickr just did is amazing. You know, we, we now have access to this historical archive of images, and we will continue to, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to disappear, right? Yeah. So a lot of these things kind of get you know, bulldozed or rebuilt. Now, Facebook, yeah, Oculus, it's amazing. Like, I actually do play um, almost daily at night. I, I play, like, even uh, Demio with with friends, you know? Like, I, I love it. It's fun. Um, but it doesn't translate into my real world. It's like, a, it's a video game, you know? Yeah. And, and VR is immersive. It's fun. I think that MR, mixed reality and AR, I think MR sounds cooler, and I think that's what Apple's going to use. Once they put it in, like, uh, the device that, that looks like your glasses now, yeah, you know, we can we can roll the phone over and see galleries. We have Adobe created, we can create online NFT galleries and then you can do them and people can log into them and see them, you know. These things are layers, they're still layers, but they don't really truly integrate, you know. And that's really I'd love to see um and we have it too, but you have to have it in a certain app, you know, MR layers in MR layers in um, technology things like when you buy a camera, it'd be easier to just look at it in, in mixed reality and, and all the buttons you can just point to and it tells you what they do, you know, live instruction um, with your camera in mind that, that's giving you the settings and showing you what dials to turn. This is all yes. the future that can exist on this, but it's all, you know, it, it's so insulated inside of a specific app or a specific thing or an extra device. What we're going to start seeing is, is a larger network. So a lot of the companies that are just creating uh, VR worlds, like Facebook, Facebook is going to, I mean, it's great. I'm, I'm going to play those games, but you're probably not going to get me into that metaverse, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, I like the the Oasis a little bit. I like, uh, you know, Ready Player One, the book. Don't yeah. get me started on the movie. I just well, I want to punch Spielberg in the face for that one. <laughs> but, you know, the book's good. You know, we, we've seen this Snow Crash, if you haven't read that neil stevenson's amazing it's a little dated now but it's still so it's good amazing. diamond gotta, age is so good like his, his his work at that era like that 10 years that he wrote it's insane but right now what the metaverse is is it's sort of self-proclaimed and it's on it's on discord for the most part and this is the layer that they have embraced uh nfts and we're going to stop calling them nfts they're just digital assets you know it's a it's mm -hmm. a digital it's a it's a photo that you're, you're selling it's just yeah. The NFT or part something. is it's in the blockchain. It's in a ledger, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's in your ledger. You keep it in literally the ledger device, which I have, but it's just the start. Nobody's really solved this. You can have something and you can have an experience that doesn't translate into something else. The way I like to think about it, and this is kind of a weird reference is you remember Foursquare? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. So yeah. I'm starting to think that Foursquare was really ahead of its time. Because the idea of checking into a location seems really cool now if it integrates into what I'm already using, you know, like yes. if it already integrated into Apple and my photos and I could, I could have this map of areas that I checked in, you know, with the yeah. photos. I'm like, man, that was actually, it seems so dumb at the time. And I'm like, man, you know, that's really cool. Yeah. So an area, could we, could we create these, uh, you know, could, could we, could we combine geocaching or letterboxing into solving puzzles in the real world to award digital tokens? Can we reward 
travelers that get off the path to discover locations that unlock other experiences. You know, th these are the kind of things that we're thinking of, of ways to entice and enhance our real world experiences and really merge them with digital. So it becomes intertwined rather than separate. You know, th these are experiences yeah. that work together that we, we talk about together and we use together. That, that to me is the, the future of this. And I think if you start searching metaverse and everything, and you know, it really is a community. And if you don't follow NFTs at all, you probably don't know what CryptoPunks are and you don't understand it. Um, this is this is the current state of it. And it's, it is made to look like it's 1992. I mean, that's really, you know, my first HTML.com. That's, and they're, they're kind of going that retro route because that is sort of, because I think because of Neil Stevenson and because of everything else, you know, yeah. it's not this super high tech future. It's, it's this, this lo-fi, you know, sort of classic sort Rungy of thing. Star Wars kind to of. To the pixel, yeah, you know, yeah. 2-bit, 4-bit. It's like you're, you, what you were describing sounds a lot like, um, like geocaching 4.0, right? And, and how would that layer work on the planet where, you know, you, happen upon this thing or you purposely have to find certain things in order to unlock other things or find the directions to the next thing you know there's it's infinite like, possibility like pokemon go with real prizes you know <laughs> yeah there you well, go with so real cool. money and, yeah you know, yeah that's it pokemon go with real money that's the elevator uh, pitch, I, right? you know richard harrington he's a good close friend of mine like he, yeah. he does that with his kids like every weekend and they love it and it's like you 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 get into this and you start hiding these things in really clever places. And, you know, then you, you rehide it. Letterboxing is really cool because you actually end up with physical things that you carry around, you know? So mm -hmm. we could get, we should have gotten Shatner to co carry a couple of those up and then hide them somewhere, you know? Like the, <laughs> it, it, there are a lot of cool things. We all love uh, puzzle solving and all these different, different, you know, ways that can enhance the, an extra layer. You know, if you're, if you're standing on the Rialto and then there are some, some ways that you can check in, or, or maybe if you find this one, it's a limited, badge almost like gaming you know we love achievements yeah. i use headspace i did hit the 180 days of, of you know consecutive meditation and mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie i like having that little badge that says 180 you know i'm gonna hit that 36512 you know this is kind of cool I, I use duolingo every day and i you know i'm like mm -hmm. a 58 day run streak i'm, I'm gonna get to 60 you know nice. and i buy the streak repair you know because yeah. these things you know it it seems superficial but it's not the mm -hmm. the uh, fitness watches and 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 you know closing the rings have actually shown that people try a little harder to do this, yeah, yep, you know, the, the psychology yep. of it is there, but, but does this, you know, that integrates into your life, right? Like this is he's something that you've integrated. This mm -hmm. is actually a meta layer that you've integrated. You're not, yep. you're not, it's, it's readable, it's measurable, and it's now part of your life. You know, that, that's yep. what we're really thinking. And it's uh, it's ambitious, but we weren't it for the long haul. And, and that, that's really the important thing. And mm -hmm. I think all of us as a community need to start thinking about that. This is very different because it seems very different. And, and to be true, the technology makes it very different, but it shouldn't be treated as, as something that's held above something else or something that you have to have a barrier of entry to understand. Yeah. And the same people that are saying, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're creating a, you know, an autonomous company, a DAO, you know, because we don't want ownership. We don't want centralization. We don't want gatekeepers, but you have to pay to be a part of it. It's like, well, okay. Uh, I don't really get that. So there are a lot yeah. of things where like, we are now gatekeepers. We're still climbing to the pile on top of the pile. We're trying to do this, but all the best things have, in my life anyway, whether it's books or whether it's experiences, like it's just, my whole life has been like marrying the analog with the digital. You know, I think yeah. we were lucky our generation, you know, we had both and we learned both, you know, there, mm -hmm. there's some real beautiful synergy and in, in working with, with analog things and, and finding a way for it to, to be digital. And uh, one thing I want to say too about the, the NFT community is this is this is the the hurdle that I have right now. It's like talking to my contacts in the fine art community, um, veteran photographers, you know, 40, 50 year careers and everything, multiple galleries, and they're not selling NFTs. That's so weird, right? Yeah. Like if you think about this, like if you you could go and we make this joke, right? Like if you want to be a a, a famous uh, fine artist on on uh, NFT universe. You just put a dot ETH in a dot F in your name on Twitter, and then suddenly you're you're a fine artist. Like you, that's how that's your barrier for entry. Then promote yourself and get in the yep. Discord. But you you have to think about this as a really interesting thing, right? Photos now are digital, right? So we're not doing anything special about minting them. We're making them unique, right? It's a one of mm -hmm. one. It's on the blockchain on the ledger. It shouldn't be repeated, but it's still digital. It hasn't actually transformed in any way. It's just been saved from Photoshop or Lightroom. 
the act of actually taking a photo and printing it for a gallery puts it into a tangible object. Mm-hmm. That's not the same of taking something digital and putting it on a digital display, but showing something digital on a screen. So yeah. to me, it's interesting if you, if you start taking pieces that have been in fine art galleries, that sell in fine art galleries, and then creating an NFT out of that digital file, you, you have something that, that had a tangible real life existence and value. And then you're selling a digital version of it that yes. has the same perks of exclusive ownership where you can trade it, you know, keep it, you know, display it however you want to. Mm-hmm. And w- what just is fascinating to me is even though we, we talked about how that can be sort of a, a misled interpretation of what's good in a museum or a, a gallery, it yeah. still had made it to that status, which gives yeah. it value in some it way. It has value. It's gatekeeper. Yeah. But when the NFT things like it's like oh I just I just minted a bunch of NFTs like you just check them out and buy them it's like it's almost like me going to you and saying hey I just I just wrote a new book and I self published it you know it's like well cool that's cool it might actually be really good it might not we're we're basically just self publishing our work right mm-hmm. now and 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 saying it has a value and like you said that influence can help other things can help mm-hmm. but it should have more of a value I think and and I think that if enough companies and enough people get together and figure out a way where we can help help those photographers grow their profiles in this world and in the background help these worlds different parts of the fine art worlds work together to start to do this then then we're going to succeed but at the rate it's going now with the the tiny kingdom sprouting up as 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 DAOs and then so many exchanges and and, and people either you know there's some really good artists that have just just gotten really lucky or they had a great concept this is fine, but that's not sustainable for everybody else, you know? And, yeah. and that, that's really what, what'll make me sad is if photographers give up on this in a year because there's no gain on it. You know, I yeah, really want it looks like, to like, it, yeah, it's like, well, why should I jump in now? Because it, the train has already left the station. So, so bring us, bring us home, Elia, on with some future facing stuff, right? With, with where you guys might be going with area. I mean, we're starting with world, right? So this world, so my question, the obvious question is, if you're selling out 4,000 uh, or a finite number of spots in one drop, let's assume that's gonna sell out quickly and be gone, what's next? Do you ex- do you expand out and say, okay, now we're selling airspace or do we go no, to the no, moon? No. <laughs> do we go to the moon? Do we go to Mars and Jupiter and the, the moons of Saturn? Do we start selling stars and you know galaxies? Like what's where, like draw the, draw the line around this for me. Well, the tangibility of, of linking real world projects uh, to uh, geolocations is something we can do. I, I don't really think yeah. we can do that with the moon. It's hard to claim ownership over the moon. Um, in any way, it's hard to claim ownership on the Earth, but yeah, I, mean, mm-hmm. I think NASA should do that, right? Like, they're already sending NFTs right? to space, and that's driving the value. But the, the yeah, that's still when the the house on Mars sold for however many millions. I'm just like, what is that? But maybe <laughs> maybe I'm missing something, you know. And that's I always feel like, and you will feel when you start to dive into the metaverse. Am I missing something here? Why is this, yeah. you know? But oh, I feel that's like a good that right question. now. <laughs> No, it's a good question. And I what what when this this launches and everybody's able to to see the details of the areas, sort of play with them, find out and zoom in and then start trading and exchanging them. It, it's gonna be a fun commerce. And I'd recommend joining the Discord channel. And you know, I I have not been on Discord for very long. It's been like a year now. I went back to it, I used to use it for gaming, but that's where all the conversations are, that's where all these drops are announced. And, and they sell out within minutes sometimes, like mm. some of these, these profile photos. So join the area Discord and uh, you'll, you'll get some more news. Um, but it really, we're going to be rolling out the uh, Explorers Guild. We have a few things planned for expeditions mm-hmm. that are only going to be accessible for area holders, um, different travel perks and different networks of things that they can uh we're, we're planning some some tokens with some some different companies or, or sponsors where they can burn it for actual real world things or trade it, um, you know, as an NFT. So this is going to be accessible to the community of area holders first. And when we get to the big photography genesis drop that I'm going to announce, that's also we don't know exactly what the priority is going to be. But if something opens at a certain time, 
area holders will have a sort of a first chance on things. And, and that's really to sort of reward it and, and encourage community growth. So we're, we're going to try to incentivize not just with rewarding them for having supported us, but engaging them. You know, we really want people that, that like, if you own these two, you have ideas. We really want to make those ideas happen. The same thing with the photography collective that I'm kind of putting together is right now it's, you know, I'm, I'm getting close to the hundred photographer mark. And, you know, essentially it's like, I can tell you only so much, but here's what we're planning. And it, it's photographers actually believe in this sustainable future that we're creating. Sure. You know, that That's right. kind of what we're building. So it's a, it's a little bit of faith, but it is, it is something that it, I think it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really cool. And this is just the, the sort of the phase one, but what's cool about it is everything grows from here. And I have to also say that the price for area is just 0.1 F. Like we put I, it at that like was my last absolute, question. Thank you. It's absolute <laughs> bottom. It's 0.1 F. And I know F is up to like $3,500, $3,600. It usually hovers around three. So it's, it's a few hundred dollars for, for one of these packs. And that's not much. That's a big floor price, but it, it's also something that we want to be accessible to everybody. Um, I mean, I look at some of this stuff and I'm like, I, I have a, a few F. I'm not going to spend 30 on something, but Point one is it's easy if you think it's going to just be a risk, take a risk or something that you're interested in. It's accessible to everybody um, and it's easy. And, and that way we can we can build a community that actually wants to be a part of it. Or, you know, we will have people that probably just put it into cold storage and don't don't say a word, but we want to make it accessible to everybody. So that that's really the key and try to limit the amount that people can buy. So, so we have a, a big network of people and, and, and minds that we can start start working together. This. That's good. Because my, my big question was, I'm looking at the prices now. Um, uh, Bitcoin is at 57,000 and change. Ethereum's at uh, 3,500. Cardano's at two bucks. And Doge is at 23 cents right now. So, <laughs> so, so point it, one, point 0.1 Ethereum. Uh, is like buying, it's like three bucks. Right yeah, three, $350. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's not a lot, yeah, yeah. but it is, it, I mean, yeah, when it's high, it's kind of weird with that, that fluctuating um, value, but there's also, when you see a collection of things, um, you know, crypto punks or uh, creature world or, or whichever one you, you see what's called a floor price. And that's, that's going to be sort of that lowest price. So the idea is, and this is something that we can talk about in the future. And once the photography thing is announced is mm -hmm. it, it makes more sense when you're building your reputation in the industry to, to leave money on the table for, for future sales and collectors, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you sell all your work for 20 F each, I mean, that's great if you sold it, but the resale of that is very limited at that point to who, who is going to purchase it. But if you, if you open it up to more people, you can give them the ability as you grow in value for that to grow in value too. And then, that resale is, is kind of a neat thing. So if you're just getting started in photography and, and, and your photo is resold 300 times in a week, I mean, that's huge. You know, that's, that's better than it just sitting there and you're trying to get that max price. You know? yeah. So it, it, there, there's a lot of uh, psychology and then, then good practice for it. And, and importantly, what, what I'm going to be doing, what we're going to be doing is helping, helping people build this reputation that they deserve in this yeah. industry. You know? And that, that's it. You know? It's important. I want photography to be a part of this. I think it deserves to be. And, uh, you know, I think we can do it, man. You know, it's always a pleasure chatting with you because I feel like every time we chat, I come away with a page of notes and my mind blown, you know, and all this stuff that I got to do after this meeting, because, you know, you turn me on all this stuff then I have to dive into it. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for just, you know, I feel like there's a green strand in your DNA helix, right? Where you're always trying to give back and looking at sustainable ways to do things and helping others, photographers included. And now you're turning your sights on this. So, you know, and, and honest, thank you for doing all that. That's, that's fantastic. There aren't many Eliel Cardis on the planet right now. We need a few more of you out there. <laughs> you need to name it up. There's only a couple. So. <laughs> <laughs> Although my daughter's, she's, she's two already. So there's, there's a, a mini me now. She's much there cuter than I am. That's, but it is go. important. I mean, that's, that's really it. And it, it really, just in this industry and, and being in it for so long, I, when I started doing the fine art scene and, and having things hanging in galleries, I was like, oh my God, it's going to be so pretentious and blah, blah, blah. You know, like I had that, 
that conception. Then I get there and everybody's like, oh, we're so happy. I love your work. I've watched, you know, and then they want like, it's community. And I was like, wow, you know, same thing with, with teaching at some of the bigger events, um, like golf photo plus when everybody was there, um, you know, David hobby, Zach and and all those guys, like I got there and I'm like, man, you know, I don't know. And everybody's comes to me. He's like, Hey, we're going out. You got to come. Like, we're so happy you're here. Like the best experiences that I've had have been, you know, this feeling of community and welcomeness. And, And I really, I quickly learned that we're really better when we work together and you don't have to treat all everything that's going on around you as competition. That's, that's a mistake. It's, it's, it's really, it's really together where we can win. And if you think about winning the social media or the, the influence thing, I mean, it gets a little lonely at the top by yourself. You know, when we, we really start working together, it's, we can create lasting things and then we can start incorporating, you know, whether that's even a simple carbon offset for now, but, when we start talking about how we can work with local community development in these areas that we're, we're promoting, I mean, that, that will always be an element of this, um, you know, to, to, to the detriment of my own bank account, but I, I don't care about that. You know, if I, yeah. there are easier ways to make money. I, I should have been a doctor. I could go, I, you know, do anything else. Mm-hmm. Art is important, has to have passion and especially being a dad now, you know, like it is, so, I used to want to create a world that I wanted to live in. Now it's like, I, I really, really want this to be here for her. You know, yeah. it's very, very a weird shift. That's a weird shift, right? It's mind blowing, man. And it's <laughs> it's funny. I won't, I won't, I know we always talk forever, but it's like everybody always tells you, no, you don't get it. It feels like, well, yeah, I don't know. It's like, whatever. And then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Okay. And then I don't even try to tell people how it feels. I'm like, just do it, man. I like, I can't, you can't, there's no way you can fathom this feeling. Until- <laughs> it's, it's so, it's, yeah, it's hard to articulate. It's so surreal having a kid, you know, another, another person that looks like you, right. That kind of sounds and is doing the things that you did when you were that age. And you now have the opportunity. It guess what it feels like not to go off on a standard, but it feels like you now have the opportunity to help yourself do better than you did when you were that age. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. this is my do-over. <laughs> you owe me 20% of all future success. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're not going to screw it up like I did. No. Yeah. And it's cute at the low age, you know, before they start like not wanting to be seen with you in public and, yes. and you know, hate, hating you for no reason. And then they get nice again when they're older. But it yeah. is it is, uh, it is important. And, and that's really where... Uh, We'll do another show once this is over and we'll talk about the Genesis collection. Sure. Um, so anybody who's, who's watching now, I, I mean, I'll tweet about it and maybe put it on Facebook, but I'm not a fan of Discord, but I, I'm growing to like it just because that's where everybody is. So if you go to um, area.world, join the Discord, we're creating some photography channels. I, I have a lot of photography friends in there right now. And the key to this, again, it, when I say community, it, it's more like we are going to curate a lot of things, but I, I want submissions from everybody. I want I want everybody to be involved in where this is going. I, I want to put together an advisory board of, of people from different companies that can help figure out, okay, well, you know, right now this doesn't make sense for, for Fujifilm and Nikon, but how can we, how can we incorporate you in a meaningful way now, you know, looking towards the future, solving these problems or solving things before or, or helping to make sure things don't become a problem later, you that's know, right. and, and then that's really where we don't want, we don't want this to be, oh, that's just marketing and branding or or whatever it's like no there's meaningful ways that that this can kind of all intertwine we just we just need to start talking about it so i really want everybody to join and i want to start having those conversations because that's that's what we want to build we want to build it for you we want to build it for everybody we want somewhere where everybody can thrive and be happy to be a part of that that's really the thing you know that that's that's the most important thing this this should be a platform but it should just be somewhere that you like to go where you you can just get information or, or, you know, really unbiased advice or feel like you're contributing to something that's changing things. That's, that's the underlying goal. Love it. All right. We'll leave it right there. Eli Alokardi. Right. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming on area.world. Let's see what we'll, we'll talk next week and see where things stand. I'm excited. If you, you. get this out by Friday, everybody will see it. And, uh, you know, Saturday is going to be a busy day for us making sure it's all, it's all working. Oh yeah. We're oh, this will be out by Friday. Much. Yeah. This will be okay, out. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. All right. You take care, man. Take care. This is Twitter.